Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Class, settle down, settle down. It is time for finals here at the Umbrella Academy. I'm Alex. School's out, and things are looking a little less Umbrella Academy than they did a while ago. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 10, Oblivion, the final episode of oh, Season man. 3. We're finally here. If you haven't checked it out in a while, brief recap. But the world has ended. What is left of the Umbrella and Sparrow Academies has headed through the Buffalo door to the reverse Buffalo room, trying to figure out how to reset the whole universe. By the end of the episode, spoiler, they do. Not only that, they're in a new universe run by Reginald Hargreaves, seemingly, and they all don't have powers, and that's where we leave off on season three. Obviously, we're going to talk about all the big events here, but first, as we usually do uh, in these season finales, I would love to get your guys' beat on it, how you felt about season three as a whole, how you felt compared to season one, season two, all that good stuff. Um, I, uh, every season of this show, I think gets better They're, They are make better use of their time. Everything gets paced up a little bit. Um, it's one of these shows that it's a little wooly. It's a little like, Oh, why do they do that? And it's, it seems like they just did it cause they wanted to, or for fun. There isn't like, we get, spent a lot of time in this, this season in the first half being like, why did their, were their mothers killed? And then we get the Harlan reveal, but there isn't any sort of relationship, like a character change out of that. Like, oh, our mothers were all killed for so that we could have these powers. Like events move forward without sort of a ton of acknowledgement. And it doesn't even bother. Like while I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, right. All that mom stuff. (laughs) And we didn't (laughs) ever really revisit it. Um, so like, uh, that's all to say this show is super unique. I like the way it's going. Any shortfalls. I feel like the, the love, my love for the characters and just the constant story engine keeps me going strong through that past that. Uh, I agree with Justin in the fact that this show is very unique. I mean, I feel like we took some weird dark turns in this season, which, uh, some of them were, you know, a little rough, but I do think that like, the Klaus and Luther stuff that we get, and especially in this episode, I laughed out loud like crazy. Uh, it's, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of joy to this show. There's a lot of like interesting things happening that you kind of like, there's a fun of like, what's going to happen in this episode? I have no idea. So I think that that's a, very unique and cool about this show that makes me keep coming back for more and kind of, you know, there's certain great things about each of the seasons. And I do think that they do a good job with the show overall, even though some of it's a little weird. Uh, but yeah, I, um, it's, it's a fun, fun show. And, uh, I, you know, it's sad that it's going to be over. 
Yeah, we'll probably talk about that towards the end of the episode, that big announcement. So dot, dot, dot. Stay tuned there for that little tease. I generally agree with you guys. I think just to rank them, I would put this season between season one and season two. Obviously, as I've been mm-hmm. talking about all the incessantly, I really didn't like season one, loved season two. I thought it was phenomenal. So season three is definitely squarely in the middle there, probably a little closer to season two just because of the fun things. But I think like you were both talking about, what makes it work is the characters, even if they're stuff wonky, even if I think like I didn't love everything in this last episode and it was weird. If you think overall about the arc of the season, I, I'm not sure about that. Like, I'm not sure about the general like yeah. arc of the plot there necessarily. But like Pete was saying, all the stuff with Luther and Klaus in this last episode is fun. And that wouldn't work if we hadn't gotten to a place where the actors are confident in their characters, the writers are confident in writing the characters. So ultimately, even if I don't love this, I still enjoy watching it and I'm happy to watch another season that we're going to get. So let's talk about the episode, though, because we do get this showtown in the Hotel Oblivion with a bunch of guardians. What did you think about everything that happened here? Uh, first off, let me say, great question. Thank you for the question. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the most important issue we have to discuss is, would you trust Haunted Hotel Sushi? <laughs> mm. It's interesting it's because world, I was man. actually going to start off with a question about do you like pineapple on pizza? So you can tell where our heads are at. We're taping this yeah. right before lunch. We yeah. hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very funny that they're getting that motorized uh, sushi. Well, two things about that. First of all, it's reverse sushi, right? Because it's in the right. backwards hotel. Yeah, it's the Buffalo's oh, Bunch of sushi. Yeah, yeah. So it's down. And then the other thing. It comes thing, out of the Buffalo you... butt and drops on the track. Mm-hmm. And you, you are not supposed to eat sushi when you're pregnant, so that's a big no-no for Lila. Oh, who's oh listen, always, there. there's always a parent who's always got to mm-hmm. be like, uh, you're not supposed to do that. I'm not a parent. I'm a, I was about to say paleontologist, but that's not who takes care of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> who takes care of a baby? You mean, uh, like, I think you mean parent. No, no, um, no. I, I, PD, you mean pediatrician? Pediatrician. pediatrician. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Also, pediatricians don't take care of a baby full time. It's only when they're sick. And yeah, then you bring them to the pediatrician. Also, yeah. probably actually mean like a gynecologist because that's the person who's going to deal with what? it beforehand. So, lots of what? things wrong here. Anyway, my medical <laughs> advice is don't eat sushi if you're pregnant. I'm sorry. You I, can I trust broke, me. A guy I'm who broken, got the term no, right uh, several you, times. You, you've certainly proved your bona fides when it comes to... Um, Have you life. not eaten in days? Like, oh, yeah. man. Uh, um, I'm I'm very happy that the show picked up right where it left off. We kind of jumped into the You haven't answered about the motorized, the haunted hotel sushi yet. Before you move on, Pete, this is very important. Yes, I would eat it. I would try it because, you know, we're about to go on a fight a bunch of ancient warriors. So I'm going to need I'm going to need some uh, fuel. Even with Uh, the revelation that the only people living in the hotel are made out of cockroaches. That's right. Mm -hmm. Do you think like the the guardians when the bell's not being run are in the kitchen, just like making tiny sushi with their cockroach (laughs) hands? I don't know how it works, man. You know what I mean? But if there's sushi, I'm going to stop. I'm going to check. I'm going to see. You, you if guys it's have edible, seen the movie Ratatouille, right? Originally, it was yeah. Cockroachatouille. And mm. it was a cockroach who was manipulating his hair and making him cook. And then 
Well, and based based on on Pixar's the second, and then the cockroach just, quit, and they couldn't. They had to get a rat. Based on Pixar's ability to, to make sequels, it feels like they will make a Ratatouille sequel where a cockroach is driving the rat and has been the whole time. Oh man! Wow. Who's driving the human? Classic Inception. Um, to answer the second Inception. question, I, I I have eaten pineapple on my pizza. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a time and place for it. It's not all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, sometimes you get yeah. real hungry. When you're high, you're, t- you're literally saying when you're high. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you were really getting to there, not coyly. I, I, Let me ask I you this. If, if I opened a restaurant where other foods were served to you on a motorized track, like what if you had like a Thanksgiving meal that slowly Oh, came if you out? had like a little choo-choo train or something going around, you could just like, like oh my God. Like the sushi, the motorized, the robot sushi on, in the hotel. If we had other cuisines attached to this. Uh, mm-hmm. Just making burgers on like a little. I think that's the future. Oh man, that's a great. pizza. I love like it. Like a very long, thin pizza that goes around in a circle. <laughs> yeah, and everybody touches Seems it. Complicated. Yeah, covered in pineapple. There you go. I like pineapple on pizza. To answer the question that I think you guys were all waiting for, I, I think it's really good. I uh, the weird thing that I'll throw in there. My wife and I sometimes like to order pineapple and onion pizza. Which is oh come on, man! Surprisingly, good that's, as well. that's chaotic behavior. No, that that's totally chaotic. Guys, behavior. You guys need to talk to somebody. I, you know, I hope you guys are right. I, you know, yeah, we're doing great. We're seeing a paleontologist, and things are going very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that the Luther uh, Klaus that we get in uh, Klaus's world, his home, as he calls it is hysterical and I lost my mind laughing when out of anger Luther just picks up Klaus and throw him, throws him through the side of the hill and he does this hilarious face and goes like hey as he like just kind of a, a it's like this fake kind of wall situation that I just lost it I thought that was the funniest not only noise that he made and the face as he's kind of like looking back at the camera was so funny it's interesting. Their whole the op- their dynamic and the opening thing, I agree, was really fun. They explore. They briefly touch on this idea that you can visit a bunch of different heavens, individual yeah. people's heavens, mm-hmm. and then we never touched that again. Which I of thought course, was sort somebody's of heaven is going to be a bouncy castle. Are you out of your mind? That sounds so much fun. As soon as that landed, I was like, "Oh, there's Pete's heaven. Nice." <laughs> Uh, but I also really like the beginning where Luther's having sort of the most, the biggest possible conversation about the nature of reality. And Klaus mm-hmm. is having literally the smallest, dumbest conversation about if pineapple's valid on pizza. Yeah. I also, I also really love this. And just to talk about Luther's stuff as a whole, I think getting to the point that you're making, Justin, about the heaven thing, there's a lot going on here with Luther in this episode. Broad mm-hmm. strokes, I loved the more purposeful, driven, focused Luther that we get here. He's both focused on Klaus getting him out of heaven, and then ultimately when he makes his big move, when he sort of comes back to life very briefly, the speech that he gives to Sloane is absolutely beautiful. I love him getting a normal body in the new world that we're taken to on the end. So those are all great things, but there's a certain amount of frustration with me. I don't want Luther to be dead because I love Luther, but seeing the sacrifice at the end of the last episode, being heartbroken about it, and then immediately coming back to, oh, wait, he's alive, and then watching him die again, and then watching him come back to life again, it was a bit too many swerves for me. No. I wanted, no, I, I think if you if you nail that emotional moment with a character like that, 
I want you to make a choice and I want you to stick with it and stay in it. I don't want to feel that heartache, but if you're going to effectively make me feel it, stop taking it away. No, no, but, but wait, because in a show where you have Klaus who dies all the time, mm-hmm. so death isn't a final thing like it is for us, to have him and Luther kind of be in this vulnerable place for a little bit and trying to connect was, I think, such a hilarious, fun moment that, yes, I understand what you're saying with the swerving back and forth and like, okay, or whatever, but in a show that can have these creative, hilarious, ridiculous moments and have this emotional roller coaster. When Luther came back and saved the day and said that amazing line of like, don't touch my wife. Like Uh, I clutched my pearls. mm -hmm. Like it was such a unbelievable moment that yes, it was only for a little bit. And this fading was just so brutal again, where it's like, you keep getting stabbed in the same place or something. But I just, was it was just so much <laughs> yeah, that's the thing place. when you're being attacked like in an alleyway and somebody's trying to rob you and they stab you you're like yo stop stabbing me in the same place man find yeah, some shake new it holes up. yeah find me i want new holes not that same old hole. <laughs> i want new holes that's what you should yell at somebody who's attacking you i want new holes yeah would be confusing I mean, honestly if someone shouted stop. that yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say that'll scare the shit out of someone yeah i'd be like wait i'm helping you I should stop doing this. I mean, I agree with you. That was like really emotionally effective. Caught me way out of, I did not see the, uh, him fading coming. Oh my God. Um, so I really love that. And I know I said this last time, like, <laughs> Oh, we lost Luther, their relationship. Oh no. That moment felt like sort of a, I'll love you forever, but we're not going to see each other again. I mean, uh, if we're going to talk about speculation, I feel like, Next season has to be Luther looking for Sloan. Like there's an implication oh, yeah. very much oh, jumping yeah. ahead, but with the after credit scene of business Ben on the subway, I think the implication there is all of these people exist in this new reality in some sense. So I think we are going to have a Sloan. She's just probably living a different life. And then the question is, can Luther find her and get back to her again? And I do believe I thought, the answer is yes. I thought that was our Ben, the old Ben who, who died in the, not the Ben that we had. No, so that was the, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I I haven't actually read anything back, and I'm sure there's been enough time now that we probably could establish exactly what it was. I even talked to Steve Blackman, the showrunner, about it, and I, I still was a little bit confused. But that was the subway from the very beginning of the season, where Ben's parents gave birth to him on the day when all of the Umbrella and Sparrow Academy children were birthed. So that is, in some fashion, a Ben that exists in this new world who is there in addition to the Ben who has wandered out of the door, is the way that I understand it. So there's two Bens in this world now. So and that makes me think that um, Hargreaves' plan was to kill them, the the umbrellas and sparrows who were there in the ship getting their uh, particles sucked out of them, because he knew there were going to be other ones there that maybe... Could have powers, could be more under Hargreaves' control. Well, we're or, jumping way to the end here with the. But I think the 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 point of it is, there's to talk about what I think Luther will be chasing Sloane this next season, yeah. um, the now shrunken down non gorilla top Luther, which I thought was like, look at that tiny dude. I was like, he's definitely like two of me, but I see he still looks tiny. <laughs> he looks so small. I was like, oh, I, I don't. It's so weird to see him normal size. 
He looked like pre-serum Captain America. And, and yeah, exactly. But still, like, to your that, point, Tom Uber is is ripped. He, he's big. Yeah, no, ripped. I believe me. Yeah, I know. I thought like ha, shrimp. And I was Pete like, knows. You love that rom cob he's in, right? Yeah, it's weird yeah. to see him normal size though. Mm. Oh, is he also monkey bodied in the rom com? No. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. I, w- I would have loved it. I would have loved it. No explanation. The whole the name movie, of the movie, just... just to establish for everybody, is Monkey Body, Human Heart. And it stars Tom <laughs> <Yeah>. Hooper and <laughs> Julia Roberts, and it's on Netflix right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, monkey so Body, touching. Human Heart. Monkey Body, Human Heart. I, uh... Yeah, the theme song is beautiful. It's so touching. It's beautiful. I did uh, if we them. could go back, though. No, no, no. no, uh, no, 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 no. We... Okay, we can save it for the end. All right, because the... The Klaus in his home world, they're doing this really funny bit where they're like, dad's an alien, and Klaus is like, no, he's British. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the back and forth is just so magical with Klaus. I mean, the guy is an absolute <laughs> joke machine. So sorry, and when you said you wanted to go back, it was not forward for the point we talked about. It's sticking that no. one scene at the very beginning. Yeah, that we've I got to talk about, about this until I'm done, and then we can move on. There's a lot of really hilarious moments here, and it's just uh, I'm I'm I could have seen them in different heavens for a long time, especially the back and forth that they were given. Uh, those two together are just uh, they're so much fun. By the way, just to mention for anybody who hasn't watched the episode in a while, there is this first scene of Luther and Klaus. Then nothing happens for like 30 minutes, and then they're in a new universe. So there's nothing really in between. So I think we've covered it at this point. No, nothing of oh value. My God. Yeah. The most important part is Klaus said this one funny thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, a couple funny things. Yeah, nice. Let's yeah. talk about the meaty, meaty middle as they go to this hotel oblivion and try to figure out what's going on with the seven bells. I loved the character interaction here and did not like everything around it. I'll just throw. What that are you out. talking Interesting. about? What do you mean by that? Mainly because got... I felt like it didn't come together into anything. Like the fights were good. But why were the Guardians there? Why? Uh, they had this whole very, very well, specific shots. Hold on. I let you talk about Klaus's line for, I want to say, 45 yeah, I know, minutes. You're talking all this nonsense, and I have things to add that might change your mind. Oh, no. I doubt I, it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> That's only based on experience, though. Yeah, like literally years, every other one of these we've done. Years of experience. <laughs> So there's this whole thing that they keep pointing out where as, first of all, Hargreaves sends them to the three different floors. They go to the three different floors. Each floor has a guardian. And when they walk through the doors, they're separated. And you see the numbers correspond with their numbers in the Umbrella or Sparrow Academy. So I was like, okay, this whole hotel ties in in some way. And then they're yeah. like, well, we got rid of the guardians. Let's go down. Oh, these signal, these signs, signals are on the floor. Let's just kind of stand there. And none of the Guardian stuff seemed important at all. Plus the fact that the Guardians were wearing the the sigil that they were looking for on their backs and nobody pointed that out. Ultimately, I, I the was whole like, chunk, Yeah, I was like, yeah, we found it. The whole chunk of the middle, all of the action there seemed to not tie into anything that happened at the end one little bit. Add in the fact that Hargreaves uses the machine to suck the particles, like you said, out of everybody, then Allison kills him and then activates the machine? Yeah. Well, there's only one button left. She just hits the big blinking no, button. No, that's not, not my that problem. Hard. My problem is she's like, I'm going to stop this and go. <laughs> Which, again, well, well, she I just, didn't want to stop it. She made could... a deal with Hargreaves. 
she, then why did she kill Hargreaves? Because she well, had to in front of the group. Wait, we got back up the truck. First of all, the they, reveal that the reason <laughs> that this asshole father has numbered them and kept them at a distance distance is because he knows every floor of the the guard uh the oblivion has a a bad guy that he needs to defeat therefore he has to place all of his children on different floors that's why they're all numbered i thought that was such a fun moment that all came together like this has been this master plan the whole time i need this many people to be on this many floors so all the guardians are distracted so when i ring the bell nobody's gonna cut my fingers off and i need to get that's why, like, naming your kids out of convenience is awesome. Like, the fact that he was like, you're one, two. That way I don't have yeah. to remember the floors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just got to match them. You go here. I go there. Oh, I forgot my thing. You go to five. You know what I mean? Like, hilariously fucked up, but fit in so nice. I thought it was like a big oh shit moment. And then the fact that he was just kind of like minority reporting it. Just being like, oh, I've yeah. never seen this before. But what I did like about the floor part was it finally made sense, the tattoo and ripping off somebody's skin and then carrying it with them for yeah. so long to back. make the thing like, oh, I have to be a kind of above the problem looking down at it. And it's a different perspective that everything lines up. And I like the fact that, again, you've got to have them all numbered so they fit on the board so then the machine can work and can power the new reality by taking you know their kind of reality away i thought was such a crazy amazing thing that they don't have powers now in this new world but you know at least greaves is like i i'm in one giant tower i don't know if he runs the whole world but he has a nice building he's got a very nice view it seems like Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that allison and greaves wanted the same thing and they'll do anything to get their old lives back with their old partner and get to kind of see that was kind of a crazy twist of well, I thought, and also entertainment of giant ancient warriors having to fight against these guys. I thought I didn't think it was boring. I thought it was a lot of fun and a lot of things coming together at once. Yeah, you said, yeah, Alex was just you saying it, it didn't, sucked, so it didn't resolve until I, I just want to say that's why I named my kids plain spaghetti and turkey burger because that's what they like to eat. <laughs> so that that eliminates a decision I have to make on a daily basis. And if you could just take one of those away, it really you feel lighter, you know. Exactly, exactly. Wait, wait, one what decision. Are you, <laughs> you take one, one decision, decision away. It doesn't mean oh, take one, one of my kids away. <laughs> I hope. You didn't. Yeah. Are you. <laughs> no, we're on the same page. Oh, I did promise Pete my firstborn if he let me read a, <laughs> For those beans. Uh, an issue. <laughs> yeah, those beans, magic beans he gave me. Uh, Pete beans. Um, I, I'm sort of in the I'm sort of in the middle between you two. Like I agree the the interpersonal squabbling that happened in this episode. I thought it would amount to more, with the exception of the Diego and Lila stuff, which I thought was really yeah. great. And I just love their uh, their couple coupling, their relationship. They yeah. walk out of this season in like the hot seat, the prime position of like our lives worked out here, <laughs> gang, and that's cool. Um, and I think the, the what you were saying, Alex, about Allison. I think Hargreaves was actually honoring their deal. That's why he was like, I'm going to kill all these other ones, but you get to stay because you helped me. And then when he mm-hmm. didn't know what to do. Um, and then I think she makes the turn. I did say I would help him. I can't let you kill these people. So she yeah. kills him in the moment. And then she sees that button flash and is like, you know what? I can Fuck still it. get my deal. I can still get my, yeah. 
Yeah. I'll do it anyway now that it seems like they're fine and I did my yeah. good deed. So mm-hmm. she's very calculating, but I think she is reacting in the moment there. But I agree with you. It felt too convenient. I would have liked a moment of her, even like a flashback or something, before she presses the button to show like that she's deciding that now and that it's not just a series of plot devices to get us to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to just talk about, uh, you know, the Diego knife throwing, like the way that he's testing the armor, which each throw and then the third one going in the eyeball of the thing. It was weird that it, it turns out it was just a giant toy for bugs where they get in it and they can okay. work it like a really well-trained martial artist, which is pretty impressive that bugs can come together and. You know, I guess if we've learned anything from a rat learning martial arts is that mm-hmm. folks could learn it too. You know, and if you go sp- online, actually, on YouTube, they have some uh, early footage of Cockroach Atui as well, which is really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah, they, this is, it's live action, right? They're, yeah, it's, it's live action. action. They, actually it's, had they, took train. A sh- they took a chef and covered him in cockroaches. <laughs> I mean, I've met, met not a lot work. of chefs that are. Uh, work. Uh, the restaurant, last restaurant I worked at, the chef was uh, just a ski and soup full of cockroaches, just like the <laughs> Guardians. Oh, wow. How was the sushi? Really good. Uh, surprisingly good. Because a cockroach um, can smell, because cockroaches eat rotten food. They don't like fresh mm-hmm. food, really. So right. they can tell They can tell it's fresh. Because oh, they don't want it. That's yeah, great news. Did anything else happen in this episode? I don't remember. Of our podcast or the show? Because there's a lot going on in our podcast right now. Yeah, (laughs) there is. I did really like the whole, like, Diego locking her in a closet and her being like, no. And then when she got out, she kissed him. Uh, Uh, Their relationship is really She didn't just kiss him. She slapped, kissed, and then I love you to him, which is, like, basically how I do all my relationships. I mean, something that I think we could talk about is, uh, I know I said I, I felt like the arc of the season was a little wonky. The Diego Lila arc was not like that was very well plotted across Uh, Luther and Sloan, I think, really panned out really well. Klaus, once he figured out his powers and everything, I think Klaus is Klaus. It was kind of even here. We didn't get the emotional depth that we necessarily got in season two for him. Five was more of a plot arc, I would say, in terms of him accepting and then moving past his destiny. One that I do have a question about, though, is Victor, because I feel like so much of this season from the very beginning, obviously, it was about Victor figuring out his identity and who he truly is. But it tied into Allison's arc and what Victor and Allison mean to each other. That's one other than Victor kind of trusting Allison a little bit at the end there. And certainly we got Victor maybe being the impetus for Allison killing Hargreaves. Uh, it didn't quite come together with me. Maybe it got like 80% there, but how do you guys feel about it? Um, I agree with you. I don't think of Victor and Allison, if that was the point of the season, it felt a little strange. I would expect to have that set up more. Obviously, they were tied together with Harlan and how Allison killed him, but it felt like Victor's thing um, has always been like family, like finding uh, finding his place in this family of non-family members. And so like I would have liked to see more of either a stronger connection with Allison uh, before. So there was more of a betrayal when Allison then kills Harlan or just something. It felt like the problem only emerged after Allison killed Harlan. And then Victor's like, man, that, that bothers me. But I do still love her because she's my sister. Like yeah, it, but it just felt a little like you're saying, just not quite finished. 
Yeah, but Victor had a sweet asshole line at the end. You know what I mean? When they were all walking away. What was that? Yeah. Uh, asshole. Oh, yeah. When Pete says an asshole line, <laughs> when Pete says asshole line, he means just the word asshole. Okay. Got it. That's got right. Got it. Got it. Yeah, uh, really well, cool. Nice. Other notes from the episode that you want to call out in particular? Any scenes or lines jumped out to you? Uh, shout out um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, we had the same uh, sort of use of the sigils on the floor the whole time. You just got to look, get that higher perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a purposeful reference, but um, I definitely got that. And that's why I always look down at the floor to make sure there's not a secret entrance to a magical place. Every uh, time. Uh, I wanted to shout out Dead is the Dougie um, mm-hmm. and Ain't No Pain in the Void. It just has some fun dialogue happening. Um, also, not to steal Luther one from class. Pete, I'm sure he's going to call this out, but Klaus talking about Luther's pump-up speech and saying this is like half a Rudy. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I believe, and I wrote it down here. Oh, man. So many notes. Take all the time you want. Well, thanks. Thanks. Why don't you guys, you know, just do a little... Permission uh, granted. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. ben line, Ben's line felt a little, I'm out, bitches. Well, I was like, unnecessary, Ben. <laughs> like, why are you... You just emerged from a non-universe into a new universe, and you're still like, I'm out, bitches? I don't think so, Ben. Uh, from one to Braveheart, this was half a Rudy. There we go. Yeah, good Great line. line. Why don't we talk about the end here? I know we've certainly discussed it quite a bit already, but the big news that came out while we were taping the second half of the season of the podcast is that season four is going to be the final season of the Umbrella Academy. So not only are we leaving off on this cliffhanger here with Hargreaves back together with his wife in this new world that he's at least partially created, we also didn't mention this, but Allison... Uh, this makes it more complicated in my mind, is not back together with her original family. She's with her daughter, Claire, and Ray, the guy she was married to back in the 1960s, has replaced her husband, which that moment, beyond the fact that Allison has done some horrible shit this season that I feel very conflicted about, I felt very upset for her husband, who seems to have been disappeared out of this universe at that moment. It is strange, and that moment made me think, like, so when Allison and Hargreaves had their meeting, was he taking notes, like, so you want your, the guy you dated in the past, you want him to, like, is he, did he construct, when all of the buttons he was pressing in that climactic moment, one of them was, like, sub-Ray for original husband Mm -hmm. in Allison's L.A. That's why it was taking so long. He really had to be so specific about who he was totally wearing. But I I don't know that's necessarily something she's going to pay for in the next season, but certainly she's not going to be particularly interested in helping out anybody else in the Umbrella Academy going forward. That said... Uh, I do know, again, from talking to That kid's going to have questions. That kid's going to be like, Mom, who's this guy? And why Mm -hmm. do you keep... Yeah. Now, that's your dad of the new universe, Claire. That's how genetics work. Goodbye. (laughs) Good night. Sleep well. Bye. So they are going to get their powers back. Obviously, that's something that they're going to have to figure out. And potentially, they are. I talked to Steve Blackman about it, and he very specifically was like, yeah, of course, that's a place we're going to need to get to. As to how they get there, that's the open question. Also, now that Hargreaves seemingly has his goal, what does that mean for him in the Umbrella Academy going forward? Well, well, my take on the end is he didn't need to kill them for the sake of this new universe because once he had the particles, he did he could do what he did as we saw because Allison did it. 
I think he was like, well, we can't have these remnants knowing about me. Like, I, I want to wipe them off the board. Allison can, can stay because we have a deal. Um, so I think the, going forward, I think this Umbrella Academy are sort of like remnants of a dead world. If there are doppelgangers in this world, I think they're going to have to meet and confront them. Maybe there'll be some sort of fighting of themselves, uh, which could be a cool way to explore all their character sort of journeys. And um, maybe that's how they get their powers back. They have to take them from the other version of themselves could be a cool way to do it. But I think for Hargreaves, I think he is now the main supervillain. He's the one they mm-hmm. have to probably destroy. Uh, he's in the tower with H.E. Hargreaves Enterprises, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, Or Hargreaves Easter. Maybe Easter is really big in the universe. Or he just really wants people to know his pronouns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> very well could be. Um, he is, uh, if he's done with them, then they have. he has no reason to screw around with them and he seems to hate them. So Well, I think he's he's one. He's at his, you know, uh, he's at his place where he's, he's going to live. Now. Yeah, he's based I mean, I think you just from that point you just wake up every day and you look at all of the people beneath you and you laugh. I think you do mm-hmm. that every day. You know, I that's do that, why but I have buy a much smaller house. I have a much smaller tower, so I'm just laughing at my neighbor. Uh, okay. I feel like he's not done. Like he got killed before he finalized whatever this was. So I feel like there's still something he has to do. There's questions about why he did this to begin with. How did he find out about the Hotel Oblivion? And then beyond that, one of the biggest things I think that's out there is they introduced the idea of the creators of the universe set up this machine room to reboot the universe. So how does that play into things potentially going forward as well? Particularly as you're going into a last season, having the Umbrella Academy fight God. That's a pretty big place to go. Wow. Well, and I think like perhaps it folds back to the alien thing and like maybe his species is somehow connected to the creation of the universe. Um, and there's that aspect of it. I would feel like that's the way they're going to go. I think if his end goal, if he accomplished his goal to be happy in a universe that he got to rewrite with his wife, that feels like an end point for him. It's just this slightly problematic thing that these the Umbrella Academy survived and they know his secret and can destroy him. So it's mm. maybe about squishing them like uh, some sort of bug that you wouldn't want driving your Interesting. chef. Can't, can't think of anything in particular. Why don't we talk? Oh, go ahead, Pete. What were you going to say? I just it made it sound like, Alex, you think he's just going to abuse this restart machine. Like he's going to wake up and if he spills something on his shirt, he's going to be like, fuck it, restart the universe. You know what I mean? suck, suck a couple people dry. He's got to take out the universe, <laughs> blow into the end of it, oh, and man. then slide it back in. and <laughs> slide back the yeah, power yeah. Why don't we talk about who had top marks this episode and this season? Pete, you want to go first? Mm. Oh, well, I'm sorry, then. I'm going to take it away from you, Alex. Uh, it's Klaus and Klaus. Um, this episode, Klaus Klaus. the uh, noise he made when he got thrown through the side of the hill and so was just so hilarious. Um, it, it wins everything. But, yeah, I, he is just such a not only an amazing actor, but so fun to watch and see his character kind of like bouncing through the universe is so much fun. So uh, more, more of that, please. Um, I'm going to give it up for the, this episode and the, the season to just love. I think. Oh, the, wow. The Luther Sloan relationship. Guy? I really love that. Uh, uh, sorry. I'm so high. I'm eating pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I love the Luther Sloan relationship. Luther is a character I feel like he was really beautiful, really blossomed over the course of this last season, season and a half. Um, and then Diego and Lila, like I have just one of my favorite parts of this uh, season is been them like really coming together. I think we're going to see them have this baby in the next uh, season. That'll be wild. Diego, someone who has been always bad at superheroes, like truly. Uh, absolutely ineffective in the, for the last like two seasons. The only thing he did was get in that fight in that bar with Allison was when he was really a badass. Otherwise, he's throwing knives at stuff who just people just swat him away. Um, Lila's such a badass. Uh, curious to see if he actually gets back to doing any uh, fighting. Yeah, Pete, I'm surprised you didn't go for the concierge from the hotel who was a clear standout of the season that everybody oh loved. God, and really yeah, his last, a lot of the action oh, forward. But yeah, since you guys have taken those other ones, I'm going to throw it out to Victor. Obviously, this is early in the season, oh, nice. but Victor's whole coming out story, I thought, was really well handled and could have gone yes. terribly wrong in the wrong hands. But just Victor throughout the season, was this more confident, calmer Victor that we've seen in previous seasons? And I just really liked how that played out. It was always nice to see Elliot Page come on screen, command the screen, and though there wasn't necessarily the same level of emotional arc that we got with Sissy in season two, it still was very confident and it was very uh, forward thinking. And I I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Justin, it looked like you were going to say something about that. I was going to say, and I think Victor is the best superhero on the show. Like if Mm -hmm. this is a superhero show at its core, which it sort of is, Victor is the one who um, has emerged from being the villain, the great villain of the first season to like being by far the most useful um, him and Lila like oh, together. Yeah. I'm like, that team up great. was badass. Badass. Love so that. Cool. And when they crushed the Kugel Blitz, like I was like, Kugel this is what's Blitz. Up. Absolutely. And that is it for season three of Umbrella Academy. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next year. Have a good summer, students. Bye. <laughs> yeah, this teacher hasn't taught me anything in three years in this classroom. I gotta get, I gotta graduate. <laughs> I'm actually being cockroach a <laughs> 